following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. I'm Mark Vernon, along with Lou Costable. Welcome to another episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Thanks so much for uh, taking us along and uh, joining us on this ride that we do here called the uh, Car Guys Report. Uh, Lou, it's good to see you again, of course. Thanks, and. Mark. Um, this is the show that I have been looking forward to doing for a while, uh, and we're calling it the Car Guys Report Car Shows Show, because car show season, at least in the Midwest, is uh, starting to ramp up and get into full swing. And, Lou, there's so many different kinds of car shows out there these days. There's um, Cars and Coffee, a phenomenon that started, what, would you say 10, 15 years ago? Yeah. And it's the casual car show. And one thing I really like about Cars and coffee is the fact that it doesn't uh, blow a whole day and it's usually a, a no fee type thing it's you can make sometimes they're for charity you can make donations but it's a free thing it doesn't blow your whole day there's no judging no awards it's just you hang out with your car buddies you see a lot of cool cars you drink coffee and then you're done and you leave um, then there's also the cruise nights which a lot of uh, municipalities or uh, organizations or even uh, retail places restaurants stores do cruise nights and a lot of people think that a cruise night is something where you actually get in a car and drive around but you really don't i mean sometimes they do actually have organized cruises with your cars but a cruise night typically is where you just uh, go to either a parking lot or uh, downtown streets that are blocked off and wherever the cruise night is being held park your cars and it's kind of like uh, cars and coffee but in the evening you hang out you have a good time uh, most of the time those are are free they have free Food. Sometimes they have entertainment, and a lot of times they have maybe very casual judging, maybe where you get... Um you know, a best of show for the for the night. Uh, and those are a great way to spend a, a summer evening. I adore uh, cruise nights. And then there's the whole regular car show uh, palette of uh, different kinds of car shows. There's car shows that are held by organizations, by car clubs, by um, just whoever wants to put on a car show. And they can be themed car shows. They can be anything you want, uh, any make, any model. They can be orphan car shows. I used to go to a great orphan car show that was held uh, by the local Corvair Club, and they did it for 25 years, and they finally pulled the plug because it just got to be too much of an endeavor. And that was just one of the best car shows, and they had a very loose definition of an orphan. Usually orphans are considered cars that are either um, not made or imported anymore or models that aren't made or imported anymore, but they had a very loose definition so it was just amazing the kind of stuff that you would see there um then you have shows that are much more uh national in scale like the good guys nationals which lou and i were just talking about before we started this program where they can get something like twelve to 15,000 cars at one car show over an entire weekend. Uh, I got a friend of mine who, who, who attends those with his wife, and they make a you know a whole road trip out of it with their cars. And then there's uh, car shows, uh, ones that are more 
what would you call them, Lou? The like the muscle car nationals and some of the the ones that are more uh, for show instead of. I mean, by show I mean the the people that have these cars that are you know mega two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand dollars and invested in a car, and it's they're going there to show it off, and and they're indoors, and it could be in the dead of winter or it could be in the summer. And I know you just went to was it the muscle car. Uh, International. Well, you have the Muscle Car and Corvette National, and that's a specialty show, I'd like to call it. So it's specially muscle cars, and then they'll break that down into, uh, first of all, you've got the American Motors, you've got uh, General Motors, you've got Chrysler, and then they'll break it down to specialties. The thing I like about that show that keeps it fresh every year is what they do, and specifically Bob Ashton does a great job of managing that, him and his wife, uh, Vicki, is their show is the best of the best. So this guy, Bob, is going around the country the entire year looking for special cars that are, if, if, it's, a, if it's a Corvette, it's got to be a one of 88 uh L88 or something like that. So, you know, the, the cream of the crop or cars you've never even thought you've heard about. But uh, he also does it by year. So this year being, uh, you know, whatever year it is, it'll be that year car. So if it's 2019, you're going to see 1969 cars. If it's ni- if it's 2020, you're going to see 1970 cars. And then he usually does five years ahead and five years behind, as well as there might be something Uh, Unique, For example, he might say, okay, so it's 1970, we're going to do all the Superbirds. So you're going to see a whole bunch of wings and the pointed nose. Or he's going to say, okay, it's uh, uh, the last year for the GTO, 1973 or 74, based on how you look at that. And we're going to, you know, feature that that car. Or to your point, where he might say, hey, here's a section of Studebakers that were uh, uh, the muscle car with a, a turbo connected to it, or a supercharger, not a turbo, but a supercharger connected to it. So based on those cars, you're going to have those specialty shows. You've obviously got specialty shows, which are like Cream of the Crop, like Amelia Island or Pebble Beach. Of course, yeah, the concourse, too. That's one thing. One thing going back before we talk about concourse shows is – the gentleman that you were talking about, is he the type that would also approach the the custom car builders like the Chip Fooses of the world to bring whatever they're working on or they're going to debut? Or Because I know SEMA is a is a car show, but it's also like an industry car show. So it's a little different. It's more like a trade show than an actual car show. But uh, like your friend, does he approach builders to show off their latest creations too? or Bob's specialty, I would say, is bringing cars back to originality. So he has a lot of restoration shops that will show their works and do debuts. For a car show like Chip Foose, if, if I was Chip Foose, the car show I would be going to would be more the World of Wheels, something like that where you've got custom builds. Um, matter of fact, we've got uh, the World of Wheels is also a sponsor to the My Car Story YouTube channel that I run. And um, I get the chance to go to Milwaukee as well as I go to the one here in Chicago at the Rosemont Convention Center. And you'll see some the amount of time that people creatively oh, put it's, together. It's staggering, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, and and you can see it. I mean, you see how much time and the creativity that's outside your... You'll see hoods that open in ways you've never seen them open before. You'll see uh, the electronics of cars at a whole new level. And uh, paint jobs that just completely blow you away. Yeah, well, I've seen some amazing paint jobs in uh, Arizona 
on some low riders that, that I don't know how they do it. <laughs> it's, it. It's more fun than going to the Museum of Art Institute, I'll tell you that. So, And then, of course, we uh, just touched on the concours, too, uh, which are the pretty much the cream of the crop of the ultimate expression of cars because you're going to see the stuff there that is going to be the million dollar million dollar plus vehicles there's amelia island like you said of course there's kind of the granddaddy pebble beach and then it's become this whole pebble beach weekend or whatever they call it in california because there's like a whole bunch of auctions going on at the same time there's vintage racing and there's a whole bunch of other smaller car shows that are being run not necessarily in conjunction with but at the same time of pebble pebble beach because they know they're going to have so many people out there and there's the the italian the one the Italian show, I can't remember what the name of it is, where yeah, it's pretty you, much all Italian cars, and you've got the quail, and there's the with the Ferraris all gather, and uh, there's also a car show out there. I believe it's a bunch of what they call kind of like the lemons. Oh yeah, they, there's the the, the 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 lemon, the grand, uh, what is it, the lemons, twenty four hour of lemons, 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 mm-hmm. and um, yeah, that, that's for the people that are kind of like you and me, I guess, not <laughs> not driving million dollar Ferraris out to Pebble Beach, but and you were just mentioning before we we started recording that have you actually been to pebble beach yet or, or no we're gonna have to do a fund like go fund lou to uh get to pebble beach go to my patreon page and <laughs> let's help get lou to pebble beach see how, how that goes right um but um yeah, that's uh, definitely a, something to shoot for because I think that's kind of – and another thing we're going to talk about in a future uh, episode is uh, automotive bucket lists. And I'm not really one to make bucket lists, but I think that is kind of there, – there's two things I think any car guy should go to right off the bat sometime in their lifetime is do it like a Pebble Beach uh, weekend, and then you should do like a Barrett Jackson weekend in, in Arizona because, and and I think you've been there, I think, right? Well, I, yeah, I've been there. Yeah. Um, we could we can talk bucket list stuff if you want to right now, but some of the quick ones that come to mind is is and you hit it on the head. Pebble Beach is not just Pebble Beach, but it's all the shows around Pebble Beach, and the same with Amelia Island. That would be another one where you're going to see cars that you know dream cars i guess you'd call them but there's so many other great shows i think of like concourse on the hills in fountain hills in february that's an amazing show um right outside of phoenix they have a, a, a close to scottsdale they have fountain hills and in the middle of this uh, the middle of the hills they've got this big lake with a massive fountain that's going up i don't know i don't know if it's 30 stories or three stories it's a it's a big shooting lake thing but uh they have a beautiful garden around it and then they park cars all on this grass it's that's just tremendous that's something i was going to say that most of the concours uh events are usually held in really nice beautiful settings too so even if you're significant other or a friend of yours that definitely is maybe not into cars as much as you are you can still have a good time because it's always like amelia island is is nice out, out on the east coast all the stuff you were just talking about in pebble beach is you know right on the coast there so a lot of neat stuff happening there you are listening to the car guys report informed automotive make sure you tell a friend about our program the car guys report it's a podcast that's available online at radiomisfits.com you can follow us at car guys podcast on twitter and we would also love to hear from you you can email us at car guys report at hotmail.com we're talking about car shows on the car guys report today i'm mark vernon along with uh, lou costable and we're talking about what we like what we don't like uh our experiences uh, with going to car shows over the years i've been doing car shows 
as an attendee, I started probably 30, 35 years ago. And as a participant, uh, I probably started maybe 20 years ago. And then, of course, in the last five years, as I started building my collection, finally, I've been uh, doing car shows every weekend for a good solid six, six to seven months out of the year, obviously weather dependent here in the Midwest. And I like to go to the cars and coffees like we've talked about. Uh, I love the cruise nights. One thing I like to do is go to some of the smaller car shows that are held in some of the smaller towns outside the the, the metro area because I, I like that for two reasons. One, you're not going to see the same cars that you tend to see at every car show because that's one thing you see when when you go to one car show, then then you see the same people next weekend, and, and, and a lot of them have different cars, so you get to see their different cars, but then sometimes you start seeing the same stuff over and over. And if you go out 20, 30, 40, 50 miles and go to a smaller show, you're going to have a, a – it's going to have a different draw from different areas. So you're going to see stuff that you don't always see. And, and they're a little bit more laid back at times. And uh, it can be a, a good way to uh, spend uh, an afternoon. And it, the, the other nice thing about that, too, is you get to drive a little bit. Instead of driving, you know, 10 or 15 miles to a to a parking lot somewhere and, and, and going to the show, you get to drive 40 or 50 miles. You don't always have to take the interstate. You can take a two-lane and have fun going to and coming back from a car show and to me that's half the half the fun of of having an old car or a collector car whatever you want to call it is driving to and from a show where you're showing it off and having people um admire your cars what are some of the comments that you get with your cars when you're at a show lou i mean i get Depending on what car, what I always try to do is when I'm going to a car show, I try to decide, try to match the car that I'm bringing to what I feel will be the flavor of the show. If I'm going to a smaller town, smaller show, I'll probably just bring something like my 58 Impala. If I'm going to maybe a cars and coffee where it tends to be more European oriented, I'll, you know, I'll bring my Porsche or I'll bring my Aston Martin, something like that. Um, but each car that I bring usually draws very similar comments from people. And it's interesting. Like when I bring my, my, my Saab, I have a Saab 96 that I brought in from uh, Europe about five years ago and a lot of people that remember those cars remember the two-stroke models of course mine's not a two-stroke it's a v4 which is an equally interesting and unique engine so that's probably the number one question I get when I have a sob my sob at a show is is that a two-stroke no um when I have my Firebird at a show, my 75 Firebird, which is Arctic blue, it's kind of a rare baby blue color uh, for a Firebird. It's interesting because any of the women there at the show, they always comment that they like the color because they say, oh, that's such a pretty color. And there's actually one lady at a show that I was at last year that had her uh, nails done in the exact same color as my car. Really? <laughs> she was saying, right? oh, my, my nails match your car. And then all the guys that see my Firebird comment that it's a rare color so it's interesting how you you get those similar comments but then it's either divided up by the genders too so it's it's kind of neat how you can get those i think the funniest comment that i had about the sob was i was at a, a show and I always have the hood open on that car if I can because it's got the V4 engine, and I like to show that off just because it's a unique power plant. And uh, an older gentleman walked up, and he said, is that a pull start? Like, uh, you know, like a lawnmower. And I'm like, no. 
I don't know where that came from at all. I mean, I could even see that if it had actually had a two-stroke in it, you would look at that engine, and you could see almost that having a, a pull start on it, but the V4, definitely no pull starts on that. But, you know, when you have your Viper at a car show, what do people, what are common comments that people make about that car? Well, uh, let me go back one step. First of all, I have an online car show, which is another type of car show and more and more popular all the time. Not just my car show on YouTube, but other car shows on on YouTube. So when I go to a car show, I don't get any comments because what happens is I immediately dash from my car to look at everybody else's car. However, the comments that I get online uh, and uh, 19 out of 20 of them I can give you back rather than there's one out of every 20 that I couldn't say on our on our show <laughs> for, <laughs> for unfortunate reasons but uh, you know Lou get your head out of here or something but um, when you do this next car but uh, the people people usually have memories they usually say oh my gosh my dad had one of these or boy I remember this one back in high school or uh, oh my gosh you know I met my girlfriend in this and we got married and you know so it's usually these wonderful memories of something or someone who brought it somewhere, an aunt, an uncle, or a mother who used to drive a car like that. And they'll see those those cars, and it just instantly reminds them of, oh, my gosh, I remember going to the driving in this thing. I remember going to this. I remember going to that. And it brings back those special memories. And to your point, it could be the color that reminds them of something. I mean, especially when you think of those 70s uh, colors. Uh, uh, Lime green, exactly. lemon yellow. Yeah, top banana yeah. yellow or something <laughs> like that. And, uh, you know, uh, go, man, go. Go, go mango, as I like to call it, or go man go. If you look at that, so some of those colors are the Chrysler colors, uh, uh, the Plymouths and the Dodges back in the day. So lots of even the the grabber blue and uh, grabber Plum crazy, yeah. Uh, um, what was a uh, big bad orange for uh, AMC? So lots of good, lots of good memories and colors and things that uh, make you excited from back in that time. Well, it's funny because we were uh, several weeks ago. We had a, a conversation on the phone and we were talking about, hey, we should do a a show on car shows and I was telling you that I always get frustrated with the people that go to a car show they park they roll up their windows and they walk away and you never see them and then you said that's me that's me that's I'm that guy (laughs) it's like yeah but you have a little bit different reason for doing that because you are chasing people with your video camera getting content for my car story with Lou versus you know there are some people that literally just park they roll up their windows and they walk away and either they're just hanging out with their their buddy somewhere else but you just never well i can explain a little of that let me give an example so if you we've talked earlier about the muscle car and corvette national which is a weekend show or the world of wheels and a lot of times these guys are bringing their cars in from the east coast they're bringing their cars in from the west coast and of course then that's a vacation for them where uh, so their family they go down to chicago they enjoy the whole weekend and a lot of times they'll drop their car off clean it up open the hood take off on a friday uh, you know, Friday afternoon, and then Saturday, Sunday, they're spending a wonderful time going to the beautiful museums mm-hmm. in Chicago or the park or things like that. So I, I do understand that as well, that sometimes people take off. And uh, for me, I'm always interested in everybody else's car sure, as well. So. Sure. What I like to do is I always... Um you know, as long as I know it's not going to rain, uh, I always just pull in, park, get positioned, roll my windows down so people can look in. Uh, depending on which car I have, I may or may not have the hood open. Uh, some shows seem to be more um, apt to do that at some people 
tend to keep their cars closed, so whatever. I mean, the hood closed. But And then I'll pull my chair out and just hang out and back. I like to walk through the show, obviously, and talk to people and see what, what they brought. But I'm happy to you know let people look in my car, sit in my car, um, answer any questions that they have. And sometimes it's funny because you get a lot of the comments, like you said, uh, you know, hey, we had one of these or my dad had one of these or whatever. A, a funny comment that sometimes uh, a friend of mine gets and I don't know why, but he gets a comment a lot. Like he's got a '58 Buick, and it, and he gets comments of, "Are you the original owner?" And he's like, "No." <laughs> I just don't understand how. I mean, if he was the original owner in 1958, even if he somehow like inherited the car from his grandfather at 10 years old, the guy would he'd have to be like 75 right now, and he does not look like he's 75. So it's just some of these funny comments that people uh, make about your car. Sometimes I think maybe they don't have anything else to say. I mean, sometimes when I have something that's a little bit more high-end, like my Aston Martin, which is not a pretentious car. It's a beautiful-looking car. It's not over the top as far as, you know, the way it presents itself. And sometimes people, I think, just don't know what to make of it. They're not sure what it is, and they start looking at it, and they're just I don't know if they're intimidated by it or whatever. I'm just hanging back there, you know, waiting, you know, sometimes even say like, Hey, do you have any questions or whatever? Because sometimes people are kind of looking at it, but they're not saying anything to you. And they kind of have that, that quizzical look on their, on their face. But you know, it's, but at least I don't care what goofy comment somebody makes about your car, whether it's misplaced or on purpose or whatever, at least they're coming to the shows yeah. and at least they're walking around and they're showing an interest in what's out there. And I think that's the most important thing. And a lot of the cruise nights and a lot of the cars and coffees, of course, you get your regular people, but you get your regular spectators too. There's been so many shows that I've gone to where I am assuming these people don't have cars, but they're coming out because they enjoy yeah, their fans of the cars yeah and it's it's a great thing to see um you usually spend a lot of time just chasing people around what kind of um i don't want to get into a big discussion about this but do you usually get a pretty positive reception i mean to me it's kind of like when um mike and frank on american pickers go freestyling and they just walk up to somebody's house and say hey we're pickers from iowa do you have anything to sell here's what we buy and that's kind of like you you're walking around the car show with your camera saying hey can I talk to you about your car? Well, when a person brings their car to their car show, I would say my percentages of getting the opportunity to video their car is about 95%. Um, they're, they're, they're tickled. I mean, car people are wonderful people. They understand that when you bring your car, people are going to ask questions, and you're there to show your car. You're there to share your car. You're there to, to enjoy the car with not only yourself, but especially with other people. So when someone like myself comes up to them and says, hey, I, I get what you have, and this is pretty special, so let's talk about it, the surprise is usually that there's a story behind the car that I don't know that I'm always eager to hear, and the um, subscribers to the channel on YouTube want to hear as well. So... Uh, there is a component of the car itself that's interesting, and that fascinates me as well. And then there's a component of what's the story behind the car. So, I mean, maybe one time we'll have to do a whole episode just on the stories behind the stories of the cars. <laughs> the My Car Story, stories. Car Guys Report Stories Show. Yeah, the <laughs> stories like of the that. stories of the cars of the episode. You are listening to the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive. If you like what you're hearing here, there's plenty of other programs available on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, like Minutia Men. It's an OPI 
today's show. By day, Rick Kempfer and Dave Stern are the publishers. By night, they are unappreciated fathers and husbands, and they s- share their spare time. Uh, they're, uh, during their spare time, they're consumers of worthless information, and I will attest to that because I've known Rick for a while. And uh, you can tune in each week to hear their uh, latest news, newest worthless information in the podcast Minutia Men. It's only on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. You can check it out on radiomisfits.com. I'm Mark Vernon along with uh, Lou Costable. We're talking about car shows today on the Car Guys Report, what we like and dislike about car shows and anything to do really with car shows. One thing that uh, since I'm uh, basically an import uh, person, a lot of the car shows that I go to never have a really defined import class you'll go to a show and it'll have like you know 40s to 50s 50s to 60s 60s to 70s muscle cars uh convertibles fords uh, best chrysler best gm and then they just lump all the imports whether there's one import or 20 imports just like one import category and that always kind of frustrates me a little bit because granted imports are not always represented nearly as well as the american cars are but lumping everything into just one import category to me makes it a little frustrating for people like me and then sometimes too you get odd classes like someone will show up in a kit car like uh the mercedes 19 it's like a 1929 uh, mercedes it's called a gazelle i think and it's built on a it's a kit car and it's put on a pinto chassis and i was at a show once where they were putting that into the import category and it's like this is not an import it should either be in a kit car or a modified or a custom type of of class and maybe i'm the only one that 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 has an issue with that but it just kind of bugs me when I see things like that. Um, well, let me let me join in for a second. So uh, I think that depends a little bit where you're at in the country, because if you go out to the West Coast, um, I can think of one show in particular, the Mayo 101, which is out in Phoenix. They have that the first Saturday of the month. It's uh, cars and coffee related, meaning everybody bring your car. But they do a great job of breaking down. Here's the Italian cars. Here's the German cars. Here's the, the European cars. Here's the Japanese cars. So so there, and, and you see some amazing cars all side by side by side. So the French cars. So And then they'll usually, a lot of shows will, will feature something. Like this is going to be the... Chevy week, and this is going to be the Ford week, and this is going to be the Porsche week, uh, et cetera. So based on, uh, I think the, the, the coasts do that pretty well. Uh, Carlisle events, I'm going to be there uh, for the Ford Nationals and the Chrysler Nationals, but they have an import Nationals. So that's a great show. Um, you know, so I think a, a coastal base, you know, in the Midwest, we're kind of American muscle, American. Well, I like to think that anyway, American muscle cars, a lot of a lot of great uh, cars and the younger people who are coming up really like the imports. Too. Yeah, that's one thing we touched on last week when we were talking about the um, paparazzi that hang out at a lot of the uh, cars and coffees and shows towards the entrance where they can catch the cars either coming or going and in motion and they're the younger crowd but they're digging the imports which is totally cool. I love it. I mean that 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 warms my heart as a as an import aficionado so to speak. I know it does take a lot of effort to put on a car show and organize a car show and I can definitely um 
you know, appreciate the work that goes into it. And it's a, always a pleasure to go to a car show that's well run, well organized. A lot of them have pre-registration. And it's, it's neat. Sometimes when you're pre-registered, you come in, you just tell them you're pre-registered. They pull out your dash card so you can, it's already pre-printed. You just put it on your car. Boom, you're set. Other ones, if you're not pre-registered, they can still move you through the line really quickly. You pay your money, you write out your card, they give you your goodie bag, and you're on your way, which is great. I've been at some shows. I was at one show in particular about a year and a half ago, and it was a big show. Granted, probably about 500 cars. But we were literally in line registering for 45 minutes in the blazing sun. And I'm like, why is this taking so long? It was just ridiculous. And it's just little things like that can 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 kind of annoy you uh, at a point. A couple of other things I, I was telling, you know, you and I were talking about this before we started recording that I didn't want to have this turn into a bitch session about <laughs> stuff we like or don't like. But um, just I just did want to say a couple things that, that do turn me personally off about car shows. One of them is I think they overdo the music. They, they have the music too loud at so many t- times. And that's why when I pull into a car show and I see the speakers where they are, I want to be as far away from those as possible because you literally cannot sit at your car with, if you're within even... 20 yards of some of the speakers because they got the volume crank so loud. I mean, I know they have a PA and stuff. They're making announcements, but sometimes the music is just overpowering. And I know when you record with My Car Story, you don't like the music at all well, because of will, copyright issues and things like that. Exactly. Yeah. Music, music will be, um, I think it kind of a little bit goes back to the mentality. You know, when you think of car shows, they want to have kind of a 50s theme or a 60s theme or a 70s theme. And that's helpful for those type of shows and those themes of shows. Uh, it doesn't help all these uh, young people like myself. <laughs> I'm not that young. But the young people who love YouTube, that, uh, that's a copyright infringement. Mm-hmm. You can't have Elvis's Hound Dog or you can't have uh, you know someone's music on your channel um, because they'll say that, that you don't own the rights to that. So uh, it does hinder hinder someone like myself. And a lot of times I'll have to talk to the promoter and say, hey, if I'm coming out, is it okay if we turn off music or sections of music? And they're usually very compliant with that. Um, but the other thing I think that happens when you add music to a, to a, to a show is based on the type of music you like, might not be the type of music they're playing. Well, sometimes I get he- tired of hearing, you know, fun, 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 uh, or, or surf and safari or whatever, you know, six and seven times in a course of a show. Um, the 50s music is great, but it to me it gets a little uh, overdone after a while. I think a lot of shows are starting to play uh, just a lot of classic rock from the 70s and maybe late 60s. A lot of 70s classic rock I've been hearing, which is fine. I mean, that that's that's right in my wheelhouse. But I just, my only comment really about the music is, even if it repeats a lot, just don't have it so loud because it just really, to me, diminishes your enjoyment of hanging out at a car show. Because half the fun is you just want to hang out with your buddies, you know, grab some, you know, grab a hot dog and, and, and just sit, sit out and just spend a Saturday afternoon hanging out outside with cool cars and you don't want to just be bombarded by this music. Well, um, you want to, here's a thought. Maybe you just want to talk about cars. Well, exactly. Yeah, you don't want to necessarily hear. I mean, it helps hearing, you know, a, a good Doobie Brothers song or something in the background occasionally. But uh, a couple other things, too. Sometimes 
some of these car shows get so darn crowded that if you show up even you know an hour or two after it's supposedly opens registration, it, you have a hard time finding a good parking spot, which I've uh, unfortunately had to deal with at times. That's not always uh, a reflection on the organizers because sometimes they're held in parks and things like that where there isn't necessarily any real delineated parking areas, but that can be a, a hindrance. Sometimes, too, they're getting a little expensive. A lot of car shows that I've been going to are charging upwards of $20 for an entrance fee, which doesn't sound like a lot. But if you start adding up, if you're going to two shows a weekend for the entire summer, you're spending you know upwards of a couple hundred dollars a month going to car shows, which can get a little pricey at times. And if you're paying 20 bucks to get into a car show, you should get at least get a goodie bag. Um, most goodie bags are filled with pens, notebooks, uh, or notepads, a bunch of stickers. But every now and then you do get a, a, something that you can actually use, like a bottle of Speed Shine or maybe some tire gloss. And I kind of like the ones, some of the shows where you go and they'll have just a table of, of, of different products out there and you get to pick whatever you want as your goodie bag uh, prize. So that that's always kind of nice, too. But um, And then you, you you have to have some kind of food service at, at these two. I, I tend to bring a 50-50. I bring some of my own food, but then I always want to get like a hot dog or hamburger or something like that. There have been a couple shows in the last couple of years that were actually prohibiting you from bringing in a cooler. And I don't know if they're just trying to prohibit people from, because some people try to bring beer in and stuff like that, but they're kind of basically saying you can't even have outside food, which I thought was a little ridiculous because it's like, well... You know, and how are they going to enforce that? Yeah. Are they going to open your trunk and look at that? But, uh, you know, those are just a couple of my own dislikes and car shows. And, you know, as I said, I, I have utmost respect for the people that run car shows because it does take a lot of planning and a lot of organization. And when you go to a car show that is well run and, and well represented, it's it's awesome. You just go in and out and you're just have a great time. Things move along well. And as long as they do the judging, the, the awards at the end, as long as they move through that too, because I've been at a, sh- a few shows where it takes like an hour and a half to go through all the, all the prize or all the uh, categories and all the awards. And I'm like, Oh, this is taking forever. You know, just let's get going here. Cause you want to hang out to see if you're going to win anything. <laughs> so, but I don't go to car shows. I always say this to everybody that I don't go car, I don't go to car shows to try to uh, win prizes or win a trophy. I go because I like it and I enjoy it. If I happen to win a prize or win a trophy, fine. But I don't go to compete. Um, and I know a lot of the car shows you go to, Lou, like the muscle car stuff. I mean, that that to me seems more like the people that are out there to compete and try to win stuff i've always wondered why there's people at car shows that sometimes will have their their uh, rear seat filled with trophies i'm like well does that make you really think that i want to vote for you if you already got all these trophies do i I, i've never understood that mentality well let me talk a little bit about judging there's um the value to judging is my my first thought would be the value of the car so based on if you have a Bloomington Gold Corvette and, uh, you know, you go through certain procedures to get that car looked at and try to bring it all the way back to original. And some of the levels that the restorers and the knowledge that they have um, is unbelievable. And, uh, you know, the, they show a, a tremendous uh, skill in bringing these cars all the way back to uh, original. I think of the show uh, Graveyard Cars where... Uh, Mark Workman is, you know, has, shares his knowledge and says, you know, based on these three questions, which one would be the proper spoiler for this, you know, Mopar 1971, you know, and, um, 
and yet at the same time you've got the level of creativity that's so off the hook from you know Dave Kendig or Chip Foose or some of the great builders that are out there and there's so many so to see them highlighted and then they have their cars um, I was just talking to a gentleman who uh, named Jerry Venisi who has a 1951 it's on the channel 1951 Ford custom convertible it's a thousand point car and you go into the trunk of his car I call that trunk and treats so you go into the trunk of his car and he has every manual brochure time period correct piece uh, he'll have boxes that have the original fuel cap. I mean, just the imagination and level that these people have gone to to show their cars is just off the hook. Yeah, that uh, that is uh, something that always is fun to get uh, paraphernalia and other things related to your car, whether it's the year, the, the time period, or whatever, to kind of augment uh, what you're showing as far as you know your actual car. Most of the shows I go to aren't. I mean, they might have judging, but it's not like you know a bunch of concours judges walking around looking under your car and looking at your coolant and measuring your tread depth and seeing if it's got grass on your treads and all that really really picky stuff that they do do at the concours but um you know I, I like to see when a when a car wins that i feel that it was deserving of the win because sometimes you just scratch your head like how the heck did that get a prize is it just because he knows the the organizers and his, his friends are voting for it or what well, that, that that might be the case <laughs> but generally speaking and 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 from the judging perspective and to give them a a, a tip in too that's a difficult position because um when you're judging a car, and let's just say you're at, you know, some high-end car show, uh, it's difficult to differentiate between this one versus that one. Sometimes they're so close; it's it's almost a coin toss. So, uh, it's not a good position to have them in either, because a lot of times these people, you know, there's value related to their judging and what kind of level they have. So, sometimes there can be a lot on the line for that. Um, I'm personally a fan of just the car itself. I don't have to worry about if it's a thousand point car. I usually like when you can drive them and start them up and they, you know, if it's a total trailer queen where all it does is sit there in a bubble and you see it from a distance and here's the velvet ropes around it, that doesn't excite me as much as a car that you actually remember. Exactly. It's a car. Yeah. So that's one thing I think they do a lot more in Europe is they really appreciate the being able to drive these cars. And to me, I have much more respect for people that drive their their old cars and some of them that drive them and still keep them looking immaculate is just unbelievable. The other trailering stuff doesn't really do too much for me. And I remember there's a British car show that uh, I go to every year. And this was several years ago and it was kind of a, it's held in September and it was kind of just crappy weather that day. It was like 50 and kind of rainy and I'm driving up there on the, on the expressway and I see somebody on a, on a Vincent motorcycle because they also have a, a motorcycle class and when i got to the show i saw the gentleman that that was that i saw on the motorcycle and he was a older guy he must have been at least 60 65 years old and i said i walked up and i said i have so much respect for you to not only ride your motorcycle to this show because it's a vincent and vincent's are just amazing bikes but to ride to the show on such a crappy day when it was actually raining and just overcast it's just like man it's just like that that's a whole nother level of respect that i have for somebody like that because they're they they really into it and they're doing it for the love of their own love and then they're they're willing to take it to the show and show up show it off to people and that's just awesome i really really respect that you can rate the car guys report
Ford Informed Automotive on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Just search for Radio Misfits. And when you subscribe to our podcast, The Car Guys Report Informed Automotive, it makes it easy for you to find out when there's a new episode because it will show up automatically on your mobile device. You can go to radiomisfits.com for more information. This is Mark Vernon along with Lou Costable on the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Any closing thoughts on car shows before we ask about what is coming up on My Car Story with Lou? Well, first of all, if you haven't been to a car show, um, I would suggest talking to the owners. You know, walking up, learning a little bit more about the cars. One of the th- things that comes up on the channel, especially on the comments, are people will say, I never knew that about that car. I thought I knew something about that. And that, I think, is a big piece of uh, the car shows as well as the learning part. If you can go to a show and learn something about something that you didn't know before, I think it just makes you more interesting. Exactly. And you can always learn something new about somebody's car because, like I said, I'm always willing to talk to somebody that has questions. And sometimes even I learn something. Maybe they'll say something that I didn't know. Or I'll say, like, you know, I've always wondered about this. Do you know what this is? Just some odd thing on my car that I might not even know what it is. And they might actually know what it is. So it's it's a two-way street, and it's a great way to learn more about cars and just have a good time. And we're certainly looking forward to uh, going to many car shows this season and i know you're going to be out with your camera this weekend for a bunch of stuff and what else is coming up on the uh, channel lou well some fun cars that are on the channel we'll start with muscle i always like muscle cars uh there's a wonderful 70 dodge coronet rt black 440 and that's just tremendous you should check that out go to mycarstorywithlou.com or go to youtube and you can punch in and see some of the cars there also i was just out in arizona and there was a wonderful 65 oldsmobile cutlass convertible 442 which was an option back at that point the checkbox 442 option and um, something newer, there's a 2017 Jaguar F-Type SVR Coupe, the high end there. And we took a nice ride in that one, too. That was also out in Arizona. And um, just so that the good guys group uh, has something, a 1934 Ford Vicky, custom resto mod in bright yellow. Cool. Wow, you're covering the spectrum there from 34 to, what did you say the Jaguar was? In 2017. 2017. That's awesome. Looking forward to uh, checking that stuff out. Um, and coming up on the uh, next episode of the Car Guys Report, we'll talk more about, of course, the cars that we have seen on the roadways, more cool cars for sale, a very interesting and cool story about Pontiac GTOs that were used to gather news in the 1960s. That is definitely a story you'll want to hear about. And of course, more cool car stuff. Thanks so much for um, tuning in to the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive. I'm Mark Vernon along with uh, Lou Costable. A special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with Opie Productions. It's distributed by Ed Silha of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? You know what I fantasize about every day, Kimmy? You fantasize about me every day? No, no, no. No, no I said... Do you- 
Do you want to know what I fantasize about every day, Kimmy? What do you fantasize about every day, Samuel? Uh, whether the longest living president in the history of the United States is still alive, Jimmy Carter. Well, let's look it up right now. Jimmy Carter. He's alive. Da-da-da-da. 94 years old. Still kicking yeah, it. he's doing good. Jimmy Carter saves lives. You make him sound like he can rise people back from the dead. He can. I, I'm convinced he sucked the life force out of the two other presidents who's died. You got me in this now. I'm sucked in, Tommy. I'm on the Queen and Jimmy Carter Road. What do you mean, me? What are you talking to me for? <laughs> hey, if you like this kind of content, listen, subscribe, and rate and friends on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Just search for Radio Misfits. You'll find us. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, more of what we've seen on the roads in real life, plus a very cool story about Pontiac GTOs used to gather news in the 60s. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Costable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.